this week on the Backtable podcast. And we also emphasize the fact that we are not trying to introduce a platform that's going to increase the burden on the hospitals in terms of IT oversight and things like that. The way the platform is structured, essentially, majority of the IT sort of burden of running the platform, managing the platform, managing the employees, adding new employees, all of that is handled by us. So we really kind of try to insulate our clients from anything that they would perceive as added man hours for them to run the software platform. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backtable ENT podcast, where we discuss all things ENT. We bring you the best and brightest in our field with the hope that you can take something from our show to your practice. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Back Table podcast. My name is Gopi Shaw. I'm a pediatric ENT, and we have an awesome guest today. This episode's actually going to be released on our ENT channel as well as our innovations channel. We have Dr. Rohan Walvekar. He's a clinical professor of otolaryngology and the vice chair in Mervyn L. Trail Endowed Chair in Head and Neck Oncology at Louisiana State University, or LSU, in New Orleans where he's also the director of the salivary endoscopy service for the ENT department. Dr. Walvekar shared his experience with salivary disease on Backtable ENT episode 115, Management of the Plunging Ranula. So we're really excited to have him back again today. Rohan is also an innovator at heart. In addition uh, to designing the Walvekar salivary stent, he also founded and is the CEO of Endorse, a team engagement software application. And so that is what he is here to talk to us about today, his innovation journey with Endorse. Welcome back, Rohan. How are you? I'm great, Gopi. Thank you for having me back again. I had a great time talking about salivary gland disease and and ranulas. And I have to tell you that I had several of my residents who came up to me and told me that they enjoyed listening to the podcast. So thank you for what you are doing because you're reaching a lot of learners I think the information that you're putting out there is extremely vital for education. Well, thank you. (laughs) For any of our listeners, please check out the episode 115, uh, Management of Plunging Granula. It was really good. We got actually a lot of good feedback on it as well. And shout out to the ENT residents at LSU New Orleans. Thank you guys for listening. So we're going to talk about Endorse today, just to tell our audience a little bit about yourself, you know, how you got into innovation. So of course, Gopi, I'd be happy to share with you my innovation journey as such. Doing my medical training in India and then, you know, doing fellowship here, I really never thought of myself as an innovator. But the opportunities you get, you know, during the course of your training to try to improve, you know, patient care sort of get you thinking about how else can you contribute. I think the Valvacar salivary stint was one such innovation that kind of sparked that interest in me. The idea that something that I had thought about would be interesting to a company and interesting enough that they would, you know, develop it and now it's helping patients was super exciting to me. Well, over the course of my career, I've been really blessed to have great mentors and work with wonderful people. And I've always found that being positive, you know, staying positive, creating a positive vibe and around yourself has always served me well whether it's making good relationships or just having a better, calmer presence in the OR. You know, I think 
positive energy has a significant impact on this team building, team engagement, people feeling good around you, and also ultimately patient care. And I think COVID underscored the importance of recognition. But before that, also, I really felt like within the healthcare space, recognition was not something that physicians or healthcare providers in general are comfortable with. We are always critical of ourselves. We can never do enough. And, you know, one of my mentors in this space, Dan Collard, who is the co-founder of his own company called Healthcare Solutions Plus Group, has been a great influence on me. And one of the themes of their company and the reason why they're in business is to make people understand that you can't give what you don't have. So if you are an empty cup, you know, you can't really provide, you can't really give that care and compassion to others and to yourself. And so I created Endors as a means of creating a positive work environment in the healthcare space. Now, it's applicable to all industry, but the idea was very simple. I wanted to make sure that as a healthcare provider, whether you're a doctor, a nurse, or anyone else, that if you find that someone's influencing your life positively, whether it is someone covering your shift or, or, or something more critical, that you have the opportunity to do so and to give them that feedback in real time and do it quickly without it disrupting your you know, day-to-day routine. And that's how Endorse was born. So it's an application, an app, or is it something that's linked with Epic or what are the tiger texts? Yes, it's basically a software application. It's a mobile app as well as a desktop application that works at an organizational level. So we contract with the hospital or a clinic or whatever it may be or a department. And then everybody is sort of on that platform. And so you can basically access it in many different ways. It works as simply as like if we were to go out of this meeting and I wanted to recognize you and we were on Endorse, I would be able to pull you up on Endorse or any of your team members and then give them that pointed recognition, focusing on, uh, we, we call it meaningful recognition. So focusing on why you deserve that recognition. And um, one of the mandatory things about that process is to tag that recognition to mission and values. So there's a way to tag it to mission and values. And then we also have hashtags that help you drive certain behaviors. So during COVID, we had a hashtag called sleeves up. Or for example, there may be a hashtag called you know patient safety or fall prevention or quality or diversity. And it helps make you think about the kinds of actions and behaviors that exemplify those qualities. So it's very simple. That's what it's about. So when I want to give a recognition, do I free text something like, thank you for your help? Or are there pre-written messages? Are there stars, emojis, pictures? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. So we try to make it fun. So you can certainly either dictate a message or just type a message in. Like I said, there are some, there are some sort of things that you have to do, like select certain core values and hashtags to kind of tie that message to something that is objective and trackable and that can be analyzed. But then we can we also make it fun by having emojis and uh, GIFs attached to it. So uh, you can even add uh, pictures if you'd like. And then that goes in real time to the person who's receiving that endorsement. That's really cool. So it's for hospitals, institutions, organizations. Do you see this in like, you know, a clinic setting? And do you also see it in non-clinical settings as well, its use? Yeah, absolutely. So this is an organizational tool, right? I mean, it's for any team that is driven by culture and understands the value of feedback 
and recognitions. I mean, given the fact that I'm a physician, you know, I was able to generate a lot of contacts and, you know, uh, most of my clients have been healthcare based. But we've had several departments, Department of Medicine, uh, some uh, neurosurgery department and oromaxillofacial surgery department and one in anesthesia use the platform. And then in non-clinical settings, it was super exciting for us to get connected to some schools in New Orleans. Like, you know, we are based in uh, uh, New Orleans and there's some local charter schools that started using the platform for teacher and staff recognition. You know, one of the ways they would help celebrate the teachers was get feedback from parents and grandparents and visitors on, on their staff. One of the schools, Heinz Elementary School, which is one of the best schools in, uh, in, the, in the region, they decided to use Endorse and they ran a campaign where they, they used Endorse on their website and invited parents, grandparents and visitors to commend and recognize their teachers. And over a two-week period, they got over 500 endorsements. Wow. Yeah. That's really, that's cool. And you know, the thing is that when I think about healthcare providers, when I think about teachers, a lot of folks are in the profession that they are because they are they're interested in creating value. You know, the money is important, but I think it's more important to create value. And so in all of these mission-based, you know, professions, I think, Recognition should not be timed. It should not be like, oh, teacher of the month or teacher of the quarter. You should be celebrating, you know, daily contributions of these amazing individuals, like, you know, who gives so much more than just what that nine to five job calls for. So I think it's resonated really well with a lot of uh, schools. Uh, we have certain other organizations. We have a CPA firm in Baton Rouge that has started using indoors. And I would not think of that as a typical client. But but here you go. I mean, there's a fantastic group of people, Garrity CPA. They are located in several different cities within Louisiana. And one of the things that they find difficult to do is connect across these remote sites. And so indoors is a perfect way for them to keep everybody in the loop as to what is happening at an organizational level. And then we have an uh, amazing organization, Floyd Lee Locums, which is a locum tenants organization that has placed physicians you know, at different places for locums. And uh, I mean, Gopi, I mean, I think you would love to interview them at some point because Natasha Lee, who is the CEO of the organization, I just happened to meet her in person actually a couple of days ago. Just an amazing individual and culture that they've generated. And, and one of the joys of doing indoors has been uh, to meet such people. That's really cool. I think the feedback in real time, you know, we talk about a little bit of that, like with residents, medical students about, you know, if you have feedback, make sure you talk to them right after the case or let them know, you know, after you've seen the patient, if there's something that they, especially we focus on what you, they need to work on, right? But that positive feedback and, you know, that recognition, that impact is there to, you know, really fuel somebody to uh, want to do more. And like you said, it pushes that, that the value and the mission forward. Let's take it to the beginning. How did you come up with the idea? Was there like a specific light bulb moment? Were you talking to, you know, just talking about something? Did something happen during the day that you're like, hey, you know, how did you come up with the idea? Yeah, it's so I think a couple of things led to why I wanted to do this. You know, as I was kind of involved in a lot of committees within the hospital that sort of dealt with engagement, physician and nursing engagement and all those kinds of relationships. And I'd say that there was one point in our practice that the nursing turnover was so high that we didn't even know who was 
the nurse at that point in time. It is incredible the amount of turnover that we see in our clinic spaces. And the fact that we are not connected on a more personal level to many of the people who we work with affects ultimately how patients perceive our practices. And so I began to see a trend and felt like there was a void in this particular space. Now, I have to say that I was very fortunate to be uh, in New Orleans because New Orleans actually has a very vibrant startup community over here. You know, I was surrounded by friends who are not only physicians, but also tech entrepreneurs and in the IT space. And so the stars aligned. I got the right advice. I got the right feedback. And I said that, you know, hey, why not create something which is easy to do and can help bridge this gap? You know, wanted to create something which I call is a frictionless recognition. So technology shouldn't be something that bogs you down to do a particular task. It has to be frictionless so that it makes things easier. And so if you go to the Endorse platform, if you go to our website, www.endorse.net, spelled as N-D-O-R-S-E, one of the things that opens up in the beginning is a video of how an endorsement is given. And literally, Gopi, you can give an endorsement or feedback to someone within 30 to 45 seconds. That's really cool. So you came up with the idea, you had a great, you know, some people to talk to that were outside of the healthcare space, which for something that's innovative, that's key, right? Like having different ideas, different perspectives. What made this idea stick? What, what was it about this idea? Because, right, we, we all kind of come up with like, well, God, I wish I had this, whether it's a tool or, you know, an app or something. But what was it about this idea that you were like, you know what, this is something that needs to happen. It's going to stick. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes you feel uh, you feel really passionate about something. And, and that doesn't mean it's always the right idea. I have to tell you that the journey to create Endorse and to make it a viable product and make it a stable product that people enjoy and is creating a difference has not been an easy one and continues to be a struggle in many ways. But you got to commit at some point. At some point, you have to say that, like, you know, is this idea impactful enough? for me to be able to stand behind it. And I just made that call at that time. I felt like no matter what happens, whether it becomes successful or not, that every time someone's using the platform, it's creating a difference in somebody's lives. I thought that kind of the mission of what we were trying to do was very, very close to me because I, I'm like that. Like I love helping people. And so I guess that's one of the reasons I wanted to do it. I still had had a lot of things that I had not figured out. Like, I mean, how is this going to be sustainable? How is it going to be profitable? Like, how am I going to get this off the ground? Being a full-time surgeon. And I have to say that if I didn't have the support of my colleagues, my chairman, and uh, people around me, including my family, like, you know, <laughs> trust me, running a startup on the side, even though I'm a guy who wakes up at three in the morning, even if you do that, it takes a lot away from your family. So, you know, definitely want to give a shout out to my wife, Seema, and, and the kids for giving me that time, you know, to be able to explore this. Um, it's funny um, that you say that because, you know, for Back Table, you know, this was something that my husband, Aaron, thought of and um, wanted to do something that he was super passionate about. But the initial idea was not podcasting. The initial idea was creating an app to, you know, have physicians come on to be able to 
rate the devices they were using. So, you know, because when you first come out into practice, you're like, oh, do I use, you know, if I'm going to balloon, you know, for subglottic stenosis or something, are people using this balloon or that balloon? And, you know, is there a certain tip or trick? But you would need physician engagement, right? And so the podcast initially was thought of, of a way to, okay, well, maybe we can get people to engage on the app. But it quickly became like, hey, this is actually the product. And this is so much more valuable in itself. And so you're right. Sometimes you come up with an idea and if you are super excited about it, it's kind of like you got to take the step because if you don't, you're going to kind of keep thinking about it or whatnot. And once you do, uh, you may not land in that place where you thought it was going to be, but it might take you somewhere even better. So it's one of those, you're right. <laughs> it's not like the dominoes are aligned day one, but for Endorse, did you have to do any market analysis or market research or anything like that? Are there other, you know, types of applications that are similar, um, anything like that? I did do some. I have to say, like, I was determined to do this. Like, I mean, nothing was going to stop me from creating the platform. But I did go about it in a sort of a non-traditional way. I mean, technically, you would do a market research and find out, like, you know, which other competitors are there in the space and all of that stuff. And I did find that there were a lot of competitors in the space. I didn't find that anybody really had an app built from a healthcare perspective and by a healthcare provider. I can tell you that as a physician, the amount of feedback that I get from healthcare personnel, administrators who I speak to about the platform, one of the things that they're really impressed about is that a physician came up with this. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything of that sort, but for all the listeners out there, I mean, we as physicians are sort of leaders within the hospital and people look up to us in ways that we wouldn't understand. And so I think we have a very powerful position to be influencers, to be role models. And so I think when you do something which is slightly out of what is expected, it is definitely valued from other people's perspective. So, so yeah, I mean, I didn't do a lot of like in-depth sort of business, you know, development and developing a business proposal and a plan and all of those things in the beginning, but I did go very, very slow. Like after I developed a minimum viable product, you know, which just did exactly what I wanted to do, didn't have any fancy features, I found a way to test it out in a healthcare setting through my own contacts. And I got some validation from that saying that, hey, like, you know, this is actually really interesting. And once I had that validation, then I went ahead and, you know, developed a full-blown platform. And one other thing I'd like to say is that, like, you know, I think a lot of startups, they go the route of, you know, seeking funding from the beginning and like getting investors and a lot of money. And that's a great way to build a like a huge company and also for those startup founders to be able to be sustainable very quickly. But it also puts a lot of pressure on those founders to meet those expectations of those investors. I didn't want to add to the pressures of my already existing high-stress job, right? And so I wanted this to be fun for me. And so what I did was I completely bootstrapped the company. I still don't have an investor. But we grew slowly over a period of time. And I decided right from the beginning that other than the initial seed money that I would need to get the platform going, I wanted to make sure that it was a viable product, which means that someone's willing to pay for it. So I'm going to rewind for one second before we talk about some of the testing and the viability to make the minimum viable products and to make the basic app. Is that something you designed, Rohan? Did you work with a developer? Tell me how it, who the initial people you were working with, your initial partners? 
Yeah. So yeah, I did develop. I didn't. I do not have any uh, <laughs> technology background. <laughs> that's awesome. Just the just the <laughs> idea guy. <laughs> that's amazing. And so that's difficult, right? When you're a non-tech founder wanting to develop a technology software, uh, you have to find the right people that you can trust to do this. Uh, I was fortunate that I had a friend uh, locally who helped me build the minimum viable product. And then once that was done, you know, and I knew that it was kind of it worked, then I was able to find an offshore company in India that was again, you know, through personal contacts. I knew that this was going to go well. It was time tested, and I sort of went further deeper into developing the whole platform. Wow. Okay. And so when you tested the the first version, we'll call it, you know, the be- uh, the beta, the ver- version one. Yeah, the beta version, yeah. Um, how many people did you have tried out to know that, you know, the feedback that you have is enough or, yeah. you know? So I was able to try it at one of our local hospitals through a administrator colleague of mine. And we tried it out for about maybe 100 employees. Wow. It actually didn't do great in the first pilot. We got like plus minus reviews on it and uh, it is the adoption. It was not like a true rollout. And so we didn't really get a good feel of whether people would want to use it or not. Then I got an opportunity with a hospital which decided to pilot it. And I remember this so clearly, Gopi, because this was between two cases that I was doing. And I, I got a call from this hospital and I like literally pitched the platform over a Zoom call between two cases and they said, oh, that this is really exciting. Can we use it for three months? And I said, like, sure. Like, how much are you going to, how much are you going to pay me? You know, <laughs> so they said, like, we can do 500. I said, okay, I'll take it. And uh, that was the first true sale that I had. I mean, it was clearly not like anything that was going to be profitable, but it was really the first evidence I had that, oh, someone's willing to pay something for it. And that pilot went amazing. For three months, we got like an incredible response from this group of 500 odd employees. And uh, that went on to, you know, go on to a a system-wide license. That's interesting that you say that, have that comparison with the two hospitals, because there is a match or like what you think of with the ideal customer, right? Like the product has to be really understood by the customer. So they value it. And, and can appreciate it. And, you know, so that, that hospital, that culture, you know, positivity was probably, you know, very important to them. So Dan Collard, who is my friend and mentor at Healthcare Plus Solutions Group, he has a great analogy for which hospitals would be perfect for indoors. And he's made several introductions for us where it's working really well. Is this like, you know, indoors is like if you have a hospital that already believes in the value of culture and has a good culture, endorses like sprinkling seasoning on it. <laughs> it's a great analogy. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, yeah. and that's exactly what we do. We try to make people understand that this is a platform. It's not going to fix the culture for you. You have to make that effort to make your people feel engaged and wanted and, and welcome. But this is something that may be one of the tools that will make it a whole lot easier and make the process a whole lot uh, more trackable for you. Yeah. You talked a little bit about sort of initial seed money and things like that and being able to kind of bootstrap. So that's really being able to take some of your own money, put it aside and put it into this project that you believe in. Yes. Or tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I had to put aside some of my own finances to be able to develop the product. And it had to be a you know conversation with the family 
that, you know, hey, we're going to do this. And it was a fixed amount of money in my mind. But then having these initial sort of small wins of someone paying me, you know, $500 to do a trial made me realize that, well, you know, they, we, we could get this off the ground. And that's why it's taken so long for us to even build the cadre of clientele that we have right now. And it's it's not a huge company, but I think it's a very successful company in my mind. But very quickly, we were able to get a couple of founding partners who believed in what we were doing. One of them is LCMC Health here in New Orleans. We started with one of their hospitals, University Medical Center, and then slowly expanded across their system to Children's Hospital, to like several other hospitals that fall under that banner. And, you know, that sort of helped a lot in terms of helping us bootstrap and also getting the right partners to do case studies with and keep the product evolving over a period of time. So tell me, Raham, when was the company founded and um, how many versions? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, <laughs> I'd say that like the initial idea and, and beta version was somewhere around 2015, 2016. I didn't have a proper product to launch until like mid-2017. Uh, that's when we got our first big hospital to try out the platform and start paying for it. And then over the next three years or four years, we kind of really, you know, developed the product. So I would say 20, between 2017 and 2018 is when we launched like uh, the indoors that we could actually market. And, you know, it's been challenging because we had a few good years of growth and then, of course, you know, we had COVID and the post-COVID, you know, seeing that we it's a situation that we have with, with healthcare and, you know, economics around that. And so it's been challenging. I mean, while it was so evident that recognition is such an important part of the recovery process, but I think the healthcare workforce was just exhausted, you know, to have to try something new. So I think, you know, we've we've had our challenges over the last few years, but in terms of, you know, having that kind of exponential growth. But I strongly believe in the fact that what we are trying to do is a sustainable concept and that with time, I mean, most people will want to have something like indoors in their organizations. So when you have a new client, what are important parts for giving a good pitch to, you know, whether it's a new client or if you were potentially to have investors in the future? Yes. So I think the important thing is to understand the needs of the client, you know, to understand what is their uh, philosophy for recognition and engagement. And then we try to show them the value add with indoors, how our current clients are leveraging the tool, how they we have been able to show that using indoors regularly empowers managers and middle management to be able to truly keep their direct reports engaged. And it has an impact on engagement surveys, you know, uh, those kinds of metrics are extremely important for hospitals. Now, it is difficult to show value in terms of patient care data because that's so multifactorial. But I think there's a lot of research and some of our research and some of our case studies also attest to the fact that keeping team members happier, understanding where they're coming from, keeping that line of communication going, which Endorse makes possible, you know, truly does change the bottom line for hospitals. So that's kind of what we talk to them about. And we also emphasize the fact that we are not trying to introduce a platform that's going to increase the 
burden on the hospitals in terms of IT oversight and things like that. The way the platform is structured, essentially, majority of the IT sort of burden of running the platform, managing the platform, managing the employees, adding new employees, all of that is handled by us. So we really kind of try to insulate our clients from anything that they would perceive as added man hours for them to run the software platform. Yeah. And so in terms of, and you kind of mentioned this, but um, have y'all been able to measure the impact? So are there metrics that Endorse will check uh, check in with the hospital, or how do you test our you know gauge the the impact of Endorse on the hospital? Yes, <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we have run some collaborative studies with certain clients that have shown that the Endorse is valued, that it does make recognition more trackable and well defined, that it does improve you know team engagement, and so we have that some of that data. And there have been several hospitals that have agreed to the fact, and it's again difficult to like pinpoint the value of one particular intervention on larger metrics. But several of our hospitals have said that, you know, because of the fact that they do use Endors, that they have been able to reduce turnover rates, you know, things like that. Certainly, if our potential clients or investors request that kind of information, we can certainly give them a perspective of where we stand with all of that. And tell me a little bit about the Endorse team. Who's part of the team? So I'm the founder, of course, and I do, I'm also the CEO as such. We have a chief technical officer who basically runs all the integration, customer support, and all of that. He's full-time with Endorse, Brian Fu, who's locally based in New Orleans. And then we have Chelsea who is our vice president of business development, uh, and she's based in Foley, Alabama. And Chelsea has a background in organizational development and also in education. So very well suited for understanding the what value we bring to the clients and how to be able to, you know, back growth for the organization. So it's a very small team. Those are the full-time sort of uh, people. I'm obviously, I depend on them heavily to be able to run the company on a day-to-day basis while I provide sort of um, parental guidance as such at what direction we want to go. We've been very fortunate to have a host of uh, advisors who've helped us in an honorary capacity. It's, it's incredible, you know, how the mission of what we are doing has resonated with some of these healthcare leaders across the board. And so we lean on those advisors heavily to be able to guide us along the way. And then we have a full-fledged software team in India that basically runs you know, develops the platform and, you know, make sure that everything is running as it should on 24-7, 365 days. Rohan, can you tell us next steps or where you see the future of Endorse? Yeah, of course. I'm very excited about the future for Endorse. We've, over the last five years, proven that it is a recognition platform that healthcare professionals enjoy using. It does what it's meant to do, which means there's uh, validation and reliability. And the goals that we had for this platform of it being an easy to use frictionless platform, all I think, you know, we've got great reviews from people to say that, you know, they enjoy using the platform for those reasons. So we have a very strong product that we believe in. It's working extremely well in healthcare places which are invested in culture. It's also worked in other verticals like we talked about. And so our goal is to expand our footprint at this point. I think the big thing for us is to find strategic partners who can help us get to that next phase of growth. 
obviously, you know, me being a full-time physician, you know, time is always of, of importance for me. And so I, I do feel that like getting a strategic investor, partner who can help grow the size of the team and also bring us to a larger audience is essentially what I'm going to be looking to do. It seems that as entrepreneurial business, you know, once it gets to a certain point, it's very difficult as a full-time physician practicing medicine to continue to take it to that next level. Do you ever see yourself cutting some of your clinical time to do more with Endorse to lead, to take it to that next step for growth? Or do you ever see yourself hiring somebody else as a CEO so that you're able to continue your clinical practice? You have to be true to yourself. If you fool yourself into thinking that you are something that you're not, then you're likely to fail. I, that's my philosophy. So I know what I'm good at. I'm good at innovating. I'm good at you know building things. But I don't have the skills to be a fantastic CEO. Not, not right now. You know, that's not what I was groomed to do. I feel like I've done things the best I could in terms of like being smart and lean and, and getting the company to where it is. And I think there was a reason for that. I wanted there to be my signature on the platform. I didn't want it to be driven by investors. But you have to kind of see what is going to be important for you as an individual. I do not want to see myself being in a situation where I'm being told my, by investors what to do, that's not going to be fun for me to do. And I don't think I'm good at that. So for my particular situation, I see growth by bringing in someone to be the executive team and me doing what I'm, I will still be involved with the company on, on a more global scale or on a, on a broader perspective and bringing my expertise and my experience to help grow the company. I think, think that would be the ideal situation for me. Having said that, if there is an opportunity that presents itself where I am needed to stay with the company in a little bit more involved capacity for a period of time, I'm certainly willing to do that. But I think if I am not true to myself in terms of what my skills and capabilities are, then it hurts the company. And I think that's one of the reasons that, like you said, you know, that's you have to recognize that point of like, when is it the right time to say that, well, you've done a phenomenal job of doing what you've done so far, but now your time restrictions, your other commitments are hurting the company. You have to be able to look into the mirror and actually speak the truth to yourself, whether it is, you know, your position in the company or even it's the product itself. If your product, you know, pardon my language, but if your product sucks, you have to be able to say, that it sucks, that you have to be able to say that so that you can make it better. That's what I've learned. Like I've tried to be as objective as I can with Endorse. And the only way of doing that is to constantly get feedback from other people. I think you make a great point. I think that you know, knowing yourself and knowing what you like, what you're good at, what you enjoy and what you want to do with all that is very important. And, um, and it's the same as knowing your product well, but it's also knowing how you run that team. And how you run an OR team is very different than how you run a business, you know, at the end of the day or, you know, a startup. And so the skills are, are translatable, but they're applied in a very different way. And so at some point that sort of, you know, fork in the road kind of comes. And you know, we talk about this is physician entrepreneurship, but it's the same when you think of like the physician scientist or physician researcher, right? When people, you know, they're powerhouse researchers, well, they're going to then eventually probably want to do 50% or more of their time 
doing that. They need that to excel and get those NIH grants. Whereas, you know, and it's the same that if you think about it, the same can be applied here. 100%. I totally agree with you. I think you have to, you can't be everywhere at one time. And and for me, my clinical expertise, my, the work that I do clinically, for me, being a part of the residency program, being able to do research and innovating in that space is as is important to me. It's something that you know my whole career is built on. I enjoy working with my residents and you know working with the medical students, and and that keeps me, I think, young. You know, I want to continue to do that as long as I can. And um, I think I th- I think we're in a good place with Endorse. I think uh, we just need to get to the next uh, phase of its evolution which may or may not involve my presence. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay w- with it one way or the other. Rohan, what has been the biggest challenge that you faced on this journey? I think the biggest challenge for me has been constantly having to put myself in uh, situations which made me uncomfortable, you know. It's also something that I enjoy doing, but like right from negotiating my first sales deal to making decisions along the way in terms of who to bring on equity related questions none of that have ever ever been exposed to and i don't know whether i made the right decisions but i know that the decisions that i made were are, are ones that i'm comfortable with and um you can't second guess yourself you know you just have to know that you know that's the right thing for you and I got the best advice from a variety of places, obviously from friends, colleagues and stuff. But sometimes, you know, I would get the best advice for my kids. I remember very clearly my daughter, Trisha, she's actually a marketing major now in, at LSU. But she was probably, it was about four or five years ago. So she must have been like, you know, maybe 14 or something like that, 14, 15. And there was a, early on in the process, like when somebody said that like they wanted to joined the company, but I wanted 30% of the company. And she's like, Dad, why would you want to give 30% of your company that you've just started? Or something of that sort. It was like, like when did you become so wise? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that's those are the challenges that you face along the way. And then I think another important thing I would say is that like, you know, as a surgeon, as a physician, you're sort of, you know, the leader of the team in most places, like everybody's like looking up to you in terms of directing the OR or other other things, like you're the sort of top of the food chain, I would say. But in a startup, you're at the bottom of the food chain. So you have to learn to just keep your ego at home and uh, be able to be the lowest person on the totem pole who's waiting for someone to call you back and all of those things. So it teaches you a lot. So while I say that there have been lots of challenges, it's been kind of a fun process for me and I think I've learned so much along the way. I would not trade it for anything else. Like, I mean, I just, it has been a wonderful experience and I hope it continues to be. Any final thoughts or pearls or advice that you would give for any uh, physician entrepreneurs who are listening in? I would say that like, if you have an idea, be thoughtful about it, but you have to explore it. I mean, it's going to nag you otherwise forever. And there's so much talent there's so much talent within our community and there's so much, uh, you know, capabilities that you have to go down that route if you feel passionate about it because I think we have a lot to contribute. So I would just say that keep innovating and, and take that next step. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Rohan. I love that the product is based on positive vibes. It's awesome. 
If anybody wants to learn more about Endorse, are there social media handles or your website? Absolutely. So the website, as I mentioned before, is www.endorse.net, spelled as N-D-O-R-S-E dot net. You can always, uh, you know, contact me directly and I'm happy, Gobi, to share my email and my cell phone with you that can be placed along with the podcast. We are active on LinkedIn, so you can reach out to me on LinkedIn as well as on Instagram and Facebook. So those are our social media sort of, um, you know, our reach outs. And then, of course, like, you know, we are looking to make a change one organization at a time. So feel free to reach out to me if you feel that Endorse may be a good a fit for your organization. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, direct message us at underscore Backtable ENT on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Backtable ENT is hosted by Gopi Shaw and Ashley Agan. Our audio team is led by Kieran Gannon with support from Josh McWhorter, Aaron Bowles, Nick Shellcross, Josh Spencer. Design and digital marketing led by Brian Schmitz with support from Taylor's version Hess. Social media and PR by Chi Ding. Administrative support provided by Jimmy Lee Kinnebrew. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.